0: Next on the College Rugby Wrap Up, all things D1A, NCR, Naira, men, women, and the national teams. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the College Rugby Wrap-Up, powered by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan, and I am joined again by some heavy hitters in the college rugby landscape. These are graduates of college, which is remarkable if you get to know them. Just kidding. But first up, we have Colby Marshall out of Iona and Zach Lanning out of Holy Cross. But we have our prodigal son, our colleague that helped us do the first iteration of our college show, Mr. Josh Recio of michigan state josh you're out on the west coast in los angeles or san diego san francisco close enough san francisco uh... (laughs) right right same same thing right you know what do you got the different area codes and stuff something like that all right anyway josh you know i'm kidding you're out in san francisco you are uh very up to speed on college the college rugby scene uh michigan state guy and we'll get back to you in just a minute but guys last week we started the show talking about the all blacks of New Zealand walloping our Eagles of USA rugby at FedEx field. And to maybe offer some fans out there, some perspective uh, on that match. Wales was just walloped in Wales by the all blacks 54 to 16. So Wales is ranked number nine team USA is ranked number 17 fighting off those angry Romanians who are at in the 18th slot. So while it doesn't lessen the blow of losing 104 to 14. It does kind of put it in perspective and team USA fans can certainly find a lot of Welsh men and women commiserating in that misery, which is playing against the all blacks. Anyway, let's use that segue to go to our collegiate players or aged players that might be vying for a position on the national team. Zach Lanning, why don't you give us some perspective on the USA
1: selects? Thanks, Matt. Yeah, just to first off, uh, say committed, "commiserating in misery" was the name of my band in high school. Uh, it, it didn't. We didn't really make it that far, but it was. Uh, it was pretty dark. Uh, but you're right. Uh, there is a lot. It's not really been a tough time for fans of USA rugby. These recent stretch of matches um, have not been super encouraging, uh, but, you know, we'll get to later. The, the women's Eagles fell in their first test match in a couple years to Canada. Uh, but, you know, you could say that there is some hope uh, with with the young players at least getting out and playing matches again, um, getting some development. Speaking of the select side in the America's Pacific Challenge, they ended their tour uh, south of the border with a loss to Chile A, 29-14, to uh, 2021 MLR draft selection George Sharp, the Hooker, did score uh, one of the two tries in that match, uh, but that you know ends their run with a record of two losses and one cancellation. Uh, their first match against Argentina being cancelled due to travel issues. Um, and while you'd like to see these young sides be a little more competitive uh, in these matches against other rugby-playing nations in the area, Matt, you know again these are uncapped matches. They're not necessarily much at stake other than preparing for the future, which is something that head coach Mike Tolkien tried to put in perspective uh, with this quote that he put after the match, quote, the purpose of this tournament was to identify players who might be able to move on to play for the Eagles sooner rather than later, to play against stronger, harder, faster competition and see what it's like for the younger players and to be able to adapt to game plans on the fly. That is important, and you get punished when you don't do that. Uh, So they were punished this side uh, in these last few matches, Matt, but again, as Coach Tolkien says, you know, uh, they're, they're looking towards the future with these matches.
0: Uh, you know, Mike Tolkien has become the James Brown of rugby. He's the hardest working man in show business in rugby, that is, because he's coaching the 15 USA Selects in different countries. He's uh, running the Premier Sevens, the professional rugby sevens. He's also doing color commentary in Major League Rugby matches. He's all over the place. So, you know, if anybody knows the American rugby landscape, it's him. But that doesn't make it easier for those people smashing the water cooler in their offices and flipping over tables, seeing that we're losing to Chile and to Brazil, particularly with the timing of us getting destroyed by the All Blacks.
1: Right. Yeah, I think, you know, while rugby fans would like to see some more progress and some of this potential turn into wins on the pitch. Uh, You can't deny that win or loss, these matches are valuable experiences for these young players, you know, playing against the the best of the best around the world, or at least, you know, their level, same level of competition. Uh, So again, we'd like to see some of this potential start turning into something real and concrete, but for now, it's just good to get on the pitch and play some rugby, I think.
0: Let's get back to college rugby on American soil. Colby, fill us in on the NCR, the National Collegiate Rugby scene.
2: Yeah, Matt, I mean, the table is set for the NCR D1 men's final. We had a few semifinal matches to follow over the weekend. Iona defeated Syracuse 62-5 to at Mozilla Field in New Rochelle. Jack Brandis, their lock, had five tries in that game and one man in the match. Cam DiGiorgio, the number eight, also added a try in that match as well. And then on the other side, we had Northeastern defeat Fordham 20-17. to That was a close game throughout, Matt. I mean, it was pouring rain in the first half. Cleared up in the second half. Dendup Galpo scored a try and conversion that put Northeastern up. Uh, Fordham made a run late in the game, but uh, Northeastern hung on for the three point victory. And now is going to play Northeastern this weekend in the NCR final, which should be a great, a great match.
0: Is there any truth to the rumor that there was a landing facilitating all five tries by that lock?
2: I like Jerry, but I, I do not want to uh put Jerry's name in the dirt like that. Uh, he's a very good player. <laughs> Young freshman has shown great promise, uh, but he would never. He would never. So
0: how? How was that put
2: into the dirt that he facilitated <laughs> the, tries? He set the tries? You're insinuating up, that he is. N- no, he did not. No, no. The
1: no. landings are scorers, Matt. They're not facilitators. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. I don't know how that got twisted into a negative there, but speaking <laughs> of segways and twisting. Let's go to Josh Ressio. Josh, this was all NCR babble to you. You're a D1A guy, right? This is the, we have the two yep. factions, the two divisions in college rugby. As we know, NCR used to be NSCRO. Now you got D1A. It's basically the Mississippi that splits the two divisions. And Yet, you're from Michigan State, and you're playing 15s in the fall. What's going on there? I don't know, man. There's, there's nothing that beats 15s in the fall. I got to
3: tell you, the weather's perfect. Well, sort of but uh it's it's there's nothing that beats it we can't be playing in the spring in the snow we don't all have indoor facilities so rugby's in the fall when it comes to Eastern Mississippi
0: oh wait wait a minute university of buffalo we played 15s in the fall and spring we didn't have any indoor facilities don't tell me that the weather's any different okay a and b your school represents the problem with the whole d1a ncr conflict it's because you want to play in the fall in 15s, but so does the NCR, right?
3: Why? Well, I think you got to think about it two ways, right? You mean, you know, schools like Michigan State, for instance, right? We're paying for our field and paying for a field in the spring is nearly impossible because half of them got snow on them. So, you know, a lot of schools have no option but to play in the fall. So, you know, you look out on the West Coast and yeah, you got amazing programs in Cal and St. Mary's that have a lot of buy-in from the universities, but you know, out here on the East Coast where, you know, we're very limited in the time we can play, we got to fit it where we can. And the fall so far has been the best, best area to do that.
0: And there you go. Just again, solidifying the idea that the calendar should be 15s in the fall. And seven should be in the spring. That's all I'm going to say. But we're not going to get bogged on that because we have a more important thing for you to enlighten us on. And that's this thing called the battle for the mitten. What is that exactly? Matt, I got to tell you, I think that might be the
3: first time that you have said it correctly uh, to me. So, wrong preposition, the mitten. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Battle for the mitten, you know, uh, Michigan State and Michigan, two, you know, two awesome schools two schools that have a really uh, deep rivalry going back, you know, in all sports, especially football. Um, speaking of playing rugby in the fall, you know, Michigan state and Michigan, fo- Michigan football are also going on. And we have always been trying to pair that rugby game to the football game. And this year is no different. Um, calling it the battle for the mitten because that's what it's turned into. The setting has always been great. Weather, as you know, Matt, as you've been there in years prior, is not always the best this year was similar. But, uh it's always an amazing game. It's a game where a lot of people come out from you know all over, and it's just a it's a setting that's really great for students from both of the programs. They love playing in it, and uh, you know they it's one of their biggest takeaways when they leave our program is how fun the Battle for the mitten was.
0: It is a fun thing, and now that we have that battle for the mitten stuff sewn up, what yarn can you spin for us on the action on the pitch? Uh, wait a minute, we're going to have to. Take a break while everybody contemplates those awful pun attempts by yours. Truly, we'll be right back. Don't go away.
2: Need a great price on a new vehicle? SheHe makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at
0: If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub. The pig and whistle on West Thirty Sixth Street. Been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor.
3: What do you think's on the label?
0: I think there's a a naked woman. Riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. back. Josh Recio, we left the folks with a cliffhanger. Can you please pull us all in off the ledge and give us some intel and some input on what's going on in D1A?
3: Of course, of course. You know, going back to the Battle for the mitten, it was a great wet setting over in uh, Ann Arbor before the Michigan-Michigan State football game. Michigan State was able to pull off a pretty good win 25-5 to in a game that did not seem to uh, match its final score. Uh, Kevin Roach, a uh, Buffalo, New York guy, Matt, from Kenisha's high school was the star of the game. He uh, was playing nine all day. Had to get out, get Michigan State out of some rough spots, but you know he kept a level head and was able to really open up the pack and get some good tries going. Michigan played some stellar defense. Um, I was amazed by their ability to kind of hold Michigan State back um, and keep them in their own side of the pitch. But in the end, Michigan State came through and got a really big win to seal themselves for the third place match in the Big Ten
0: championship. All right, so what else you got for us, uh, Josh, in the, the Big Ten D1A realm?
3: Yeah, so Ohio State and Indiana all year have you know really proven to be uh, tough teams to beat. Ohio State just finished off a 60-24 win over Illinois, who has been kind of battling Michigan State for that third place in the Big Ten. Indiana has been continuing their role going to Purdue and beating them 43-5. to Indiana and Ohio State are pretty much locked in for the Big Ten Championship game, November 13th in Chicago. Uh, You know, we talk about Michigan and Michigan State with Michigan State being Michigan's little brother, but over the past few years, it's felt like Ohio State's been Indiana's little brother and has not been able to edge them out um, in these championship games. They met earlier in the regular season in which Indiana was able to come, you know, squeak by with a very, very narrow victory. Ohio State's looked really strong since beating Penn State, and they kind of set themselves up for a rematch versus Indiana in a game that I think um, Ohio State's going to be pretty dangerous. So I look for I look for Ohio State to come out and probably come back out on top. Hopefully, really, November thirteenth in Chicago. I, I I can't. I don't think I'm allowed to say that being a Michigan State guy, but Ohio State looked strong all year, and um, they uh, they look like they're ready to get that win over Indiana. Wow. Wow. All right. Anything else? Yeah. You know, West Coast rugby, as we, you know, had our discussion about fall and spring for rugby, West Coast rugby starting to pick up non-conference game, but St. Mary's was able to pick up their first game against the USA Academy. All the guys that weren't able to get selected go down to South America. And, you know, they put on a great showing 54 to 10 over the USA Academy. And, you know, I think it really goes to show that, you know, even though these West Coast teams aren't playing in the fall, You know, there's a reason they sit at the top of those rankings right now. And, you know, St. Mary's is going to have a really tough year this year. They're going to have to play life. They're going to have to play Cal in the regular season. They're going to play BYU twice, who has only allowed one try this entire year. So, you know, I think more than ever, St. Mary's has an opportunity in the regular season to prove that this is the top team in the nation. And it's going to really set them up for the playoffs come the spring.
0: Two quick points, Tim O'Brien. Doing a great job at St. Mary's. Don't underestimate that program ever. And secondly, if BYU has a party, is it a BYO party? Just throwing that out there. I'm not sure if, you know. No. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, ding, ding, ding. It's the bad humor man that says we're going to move on and we're going to go to Colby. Colby, we got NCR playoffs coming up. It's going to be in Weymouth, Massachusetts, and it's going to be on the YouTube channel for the folks that can't get there. We will be there. Uh, and we'll be working with the excellent production team of Ryan Ginty and Next Level Rugby to help be part of that broadcast team, also with Dallin Stanford calling matches. So good stuff to look forward to, but what, what, what can we look forward to?
2: Yeah, I think we can expect a lot of points on Saturday. Iona and Northeastern are two teams that have put up a boatload of points all season long. Iona put up slightly more than Northeastern, but Northeastern are certainly adept at breaking that, breaking down that tough Iona defense However, I think the Gales are going to persevere in this game. I think that their coaching staff and experience of playing top teams are going to be more than enough to get them through. And I expect them to be champions at the end of the day.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. No controversy there from Man U. Marshall, Zach. But uh,
1: you agree? You concur? Yeah, I'm with Colby on this one, Matt. Iona has looked really strong uh, the entire season. Uh, you know, they're, they're fast on defense. They have a lot of powerful runners and ball carriers. You mentioned Cam DiGiorgio at eight. Uh, I I will say the same just because it's a family duty, but Jerry Lanning, who's played uh, in the center spot pretty much all season as a freshman. Um, I told him everything he knows. He's my cousin. He's played really well. But, you know, even outside of him, they have a lot of really talented uh, athletes on that squad. And as Colby mentioned, they're well coached. So I, I see them pulling this one out as well.
0: Josh, are these guys too partial? I think they might be. I think they
3: might be. I uh, I went over and I watched the Northeastern practice last year and I got to tell you, they look like a really solid group and I think that they're going to pull out the win. So I'm going to go with Northeastern.
0: I'm going to differ with you on this one because Paul Burke uh, is a head coach at Iona and he is my former New York Rugby Club teammate. And Paul Burke was an unbelievable rugby player. Great eight, eight man. Uh, if he's going to get Anything out of a team, it's going to be out of that pack. And I think when you got a lock score in five tries, that pack is humming on all cylinders. I'm looking for a pack dominated Iona Gale's victory. Zach, once again, we've saved the best for last. Let's talk about the NCAA sanctioned women's
1: seed. Yeah, before we get into the specifics on the college level, Matt, just wanted to shout out a couple of college talents who made their debuts at the international test level for the USA Women's Eagles. I mentioned earlier they played Canada in their first test in the last couple of years. They lost that game, unfortunately, 15 to 9. But uh, Sahir Hamdan, a senior at Life University, received her first cap at Hooker in that match. And 2016-2017 uh, M.A. Sorensen award winner Ilona Marr, who played her college ball at Quinnipiac, received her first cap in the 15th match as well. Uh, Marr g- getting the call up to replace her Olympic sevens teammate Christy Kirsch, who was unfortunately forced to withdraw due to injury. Uh, but those were just, you know, uh, some current and, and former college talents, map that roster-packed. With, with college talent from uh, all different years in, in the most in the recent history uh, a lot of really really great college players there who've gone on to play at the pro level here in the WPL and then also in Europe
0: all right you know what there had to be some trash talking going on between scrum halves and the Eagles camp as well
1: right yeah that's a really interesting story Matt you know we mentioned on last week's episode, that Penn State was taking on Davenport last weekend. Uh, Penn State hugely represented on that women's Eagle squad, eight Penn Staters, including scrum half Carly Waters. Uh, And then her backup scrum half Olivia Ortiz actually played at Davenport, uh, had a really great career at Davenport and and continues to coach at Davenport as well. Uh, So Penn State taking on Davenport last weekend, Davenport undefeated in Big Ten play, Penn State perennial powerhouse. Uh, Penn State was able to win that game 34 to 12. Matt, uh, Carly Waters had told me that that's how they're going to determine selection for that first Canada test. I don't think exactly that's how they went about it, uh, but Penn State was triumphant in that, uh, but can't take away from what was a really dominant season uh, in the Big Ten by by Davenport, uh, newer to the scene um, than some of these other teams and a bright future ahead for that program.
0: Oh, one quick note that Dartmouth and Harvard – also won their matches, right? And they and they also won them in a big way.
1: Yeah, that's right, Matt. So both uh, both teams, after their long anticipated matchup last weekend, uh, went to Dartmouth. Dartmouth secured their undefeated season and top spot in the Naira standings uh, by defeating Brown. Harvard beat Army uh, to secure that second place spot, but Dartmouth ultimately wins the Ivy League championship. And both of these teams still on track to face each other in the playoffs coming up.
0: And rumor has it that both Dartmouth and Harvard. Vanquished their opponents in the third half in pop quizzes in Diffy Q differential equations and quantum mechanics. They're very smart, guys. They're very smart. Okay. All right. We're going to let that one settle. Uh, great work again, guys. But before we go, we do have our picks as per Joey Rasmus and the Silverback Elite High Performance Group. They come up with these picks. You can pick them, too, by looking at the link. Here's what we did last week. And here's what we got ahead of us this week on that note i want to thank mr colby marshall in his manchester united zip-up jacket mr zach lanning in his holy cross crusaders jacket shirt okay and josh rescio dressing very la slash san francisco in his black with his avant-garde background That's okay all right, I'm Matt McCarthy. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, make sure you check out our other segments, including our spirited segment with Eagle 168, Tony Riddell, and Rugby United New York executive Rick Salizzo read the All Blacks dismantling of Team USA, our interview with Kevin Flynn, co founder of the XV series, and upcoming United Rugby Championship shows.